A reading from the book of Exodus. The whole congregation of the Israelites complained against Moses and Aaron in the wilderness. The Israelites said to them, If only we had died by the hand of the Lord in Egypt when we sat by the flesh pots and ate our fill of bread. For you have brought us into this wilderness to kill this whole assembly with hunger. Then the Lord said to Moses, I am going to rain bread from the heavens for you, and each day the people shall go out and gather enough for that day. In that way I will test them, whether they will follow my instruction or not. And Moses said to Aaron, Say to the whole congregation of the Israelites, Draw near to the Lord, for he has heard your complaining. And as Aaron spoke to the whole congregation of the Israelites, they looked toward the wilderness, and the glory of the Lord appeared in a cloud. The Lord spoke to Moses and said, I have heard the complaining of the Israelites. Say to them, At twilight you shall eat meat, and in the morning you shall have your fill of bread. Then you shall know that I am the Lord your God. In the evening, quails came up and covered the camp. And in the morning, there was a layer of dew around the camp. When the layer of dew lifted, there on the surface of the wilderness was a fine, flaky substance, as fine as frost on the ground. When the Israelites saw, when the Israelites saw it, they said to one another, What is it? For they did not know what it was. Moses said to them, It is the bread that the Lord has given you to eat. Hear what the Spirit is saying to God's people. The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to John. On the next day, when the people who remained after the feeding of the 5,000 saw that neither Jesus nor his disciples were there, they themselves got into their boats and went to Capernaum looking for Jesus. When they found him on the other side of the sea, they said to him, Rabbi, when did you come here? Jesus answered, Very truly I tell you, You are looking for me not because you saw signs, because you ate your fill of the loaves. Do not work for the food that perishes, but for the food that endures for eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you. For it is on him that God the Father has set his seal. Then they said to him, What must we do to perform the works of God? Jesus answered them, This is the work of God, that you believe in him whom he has sent. So they said to him, What sign are you going to give us then, so that we might see it and believe you? What work are you performing? Our ancestors ate the manna in the wilderness. As it is written, he gave them bread from heaven to eat. Jesus said to them, Very truly I tell you, it was not Moses who gave you the bread from heaven, 
But it is my Father who gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is that which comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. They said to him, Sir, give us this bread always. Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never be hungry, and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. The Gospel of our Lord. Living God, fill us with your presence. And may the words of our mouths and the meditations of our hearts be pleasing unto you, O Lord, our Redeemer and our Savior. Amen. We love moments of guts and glory. That is part of why we have so loved following the Olympics games these past few weeks. Watching these athletes who've worked for years for this one moment where anything is possible. And we hate to have that moment spoiled. If you're anything like me and my friends, you've done all you can to not read the news during the day so that you can get home at night and watch the moment unfold and not know what has happened. Spoilers are everywhere, so you have to look out. I think that desire for the moment of glory is a little bit what Jesus' disciples are experiencing. They've seen him work this incredible miracle, the feeding of 5,000 with just a few loaves and fishes, And now even more followers have begun to flock after Jesus, looking for another moment, another miracle. And Jesus becomes frustrated. They just want more loaves and fishes. They want the moment to repeat itself. And I think his frustration, in part, is because he knows that although those moments of miraculous glory are beautiful, They're not enough to sustain us. He knows the story of Moses. He knows about how the people of Israel, they had some moments of glory. They escaped slavery and the most exciting chase scene ever told. They run towards the sea, the chariots of Pharaoh's army right behind them, and suddenly the sea opens. They're miraculously saved. But then time moves on. The moment of glory fades. They walk in the desert and they are tired and hungry. They begin to cry out. And I actually don't think they're wrong in their complaining. I would be tired and hungry too. Their stomachs are empty. And that moment of glory, that Salvation that happened at the Red Sea, well, that's so distant a memory. And they're wondering if it will sustain them. They're wondering if it was even worth it to leave in the first place. At least in slavery, they had food. They were safe. Was leaving that safety worth the glory? So they pray after a little encouragement from their leaders. And they find that God provides for them the daily sustenance that they need. 
Manna, meaning what is it, appears in the desert. This little flaky bread, just enough for each day to satisfy their hunger. I think that daily sustenance was actually more exciting in a way than the mighty acts of salvation that we've heard about. Now, this is not to say that I don't like the big, bold moments. I personally am a sucker for the big reveal. Now, I don't know if you watch home improvement shows, but I love when the couple goes away for the week and they come back and they open their eyes and their home is completely transformed. The room is like what they can't even recognize. They jump up and down and burst into tears. I love that moment. And no more did this desire manifest itself than on my wedding day two years ago. I was insistent. I would have the moment of big reveal. There was all this talk about the details now. Who would drive who to the wedding site? When would the officiant get there? When would the photographer get there? And it would have been a lot easier if Kyle and I could just go together and if we do our pictures before the wedding. But I was insistent that no, I would have the moment where I came down the end of the aisle and Kyle saw me in my dress and my makeup and my hair all done for the first time. I needed that moment. (laughs) And Kyle has not been allowed to forget that he did not cry at the big reveal. (laughs) Not a single tear. Even though I had perfectly planned this moment, he he did not shed a single tear. But the truth is that more miraculous than that celebration, than that one moment, is the daily love that we share with one another. Those days when we both had a long, hard day and we're feeling crabby, but we're still compassionate with one another. The times where we're cooking dinner after a long day or where I stay up late to edit one of his papers. The times when we take care of one another when we're sick. That's actually a lot more of a big reveal of love than one moment on a wedding day. And I think that's precisely what Jesus is getting at when he says, I am the bread of life. He's talking about the daily sustenance, the little things. The novelist Ursula Le Guin says that love doesn't just sit there like a stone. It has to be made new each day like bread. And I think that is exactly the kind of divine love that Jesus represents. In a way, we can see the whole gospel of John as one big reveal. The gospel, in way more than the other synoptics, this gospel reveals Jesus' divinity. Over and over again, it tries to tell us that Jesus is God's son. It insists on it with these I am statements. I am the living water. I am the way, the truth, and the life. I am the bread of life. But for me, what's more exciting than Jesus revealing his own divinity is what Jesus reveals about the nature of divinity. He doesn't say, I am the heavenly king sitting on the throne. He doesn't even say, I am an abundant feast. He simply says, I am the bread of life. I am your daily sustenance. 
the little bits and pieces you need to get by, the flakes in the desert. Now, it's easy for us sometimes to look back at the time of Jesus as the days of glory, the time when God really showed up, and we put Jesus on a pedestal as an example that we can never live up to. But actually, the miracle of incarnation is not that it happened once, one time in history. The miracle of the incarnation is that it happens over and over again as God is present in the ordinary, in our everyday lives. I think that's what Jesus means by being the bread of life. He's like manna in the desert. He points out that God, that Moses didn't provide the manna. It was God our ever-present God who provides day in and day out and never leaves us. The ever-present God who is present to each other through the way that we love, through the way that we give to one another, through our families, our friends, our homes, our food, the little things that show up day after day when we are tired and when we are hungry. One of our seniors who just graduated, named Catherine DeRuff, and I were talking about communion once. And she pointed out that she likes the juxtaposition of the wine and bread. Because for her, wine represents a celebration, a special occasion, something saved for the perfect day. Whereas bread is something we eat with every single meal. It's ordinary, something we eat without even thinking about it. And I love that she pointed that out, because for me, That's what these stories are about. It's about how, yes, God shows up in the big, bold transformations of our lives, but that even more so God shows up in the ordinary things if we just open our eyes to the sacred. So today, as you take communion, I encourage you, as you take the wine, think about the big, glorious moments. the the times in your life that have totally transformed you, the unexpected miracles. But as you take the bread, think also about how God has been present to you in the little things. Think about the small moments, the people and things and places that have sustained you. Because God is incarnate, not just in Jesus centuries ago, but today in our daily lives like manna in the desert. Amen.